0: Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. My name is Leah Bowden, longtime student of Charlotte Mason's work and practitioner of her methods. I love to share my research, reading, tips, and tricks as I travel this rewarding journey, and I delight in helping others get the most out of theirs too. Through these conversations, I'll introduce you to fellow homeschooling mums, experienced teachers and practitioners, and expert voices in the subjects that Charlotte Mason encourages as part of the Feast of Education. I hope I can help you find the fun and the freedom in her philosophy. Welcome back, friends. I hope you've had a great week. We are having some gorgeous September weather here. So we're clocking up those hours outdoors. How has your week been and how is the world looking where you are? I hope we can bring some encouragement to you today, no matter what is going on in your world. I know you're going to love today's guest. She says really cool things like this.
1: She was a genius no. and a visionary. She and was. And she changed so much in, in for so many families and for, and for so many children that it, to have... But it was more than her. The Charlotte Mason method is more than Charlotte Mason. Absolutely, yeah. And it includes all of us. And yes. it includes every single person who's ever tried to implement anything she suggested. Yes. You're part of it. Yes. And to feel in, in um, a party with people that have
0: gone before us who are all trying the same thing yeah it feels like we're all in the same boat yes i hope that has whet your appetite for our conversation today but before i tell you more about M, um this is our little segment that you get to be involved in as listeners and the modern miss mason community don't forget if you click on the link In my Instagram account or in the details of this podcast, you'll find a little box that says, Leave me a message. And you are very welcome to click on that and leave uh, your name and where you're calling from. And Um, a quote from Charlotte Mason or leave me a question and that at some point this season will be added to the podcast. Well, I was overjoyed to receive a message from Di who lives in Australia and here it is.
1: I'm Di from Australia. This is a favourite quote from volume one. Now imagination does not descend, full-grown, to take possession of an empty house. Like every other power of the mind, it is the merest germ of a power to begin with, and grows by what it gets. And childhood, the age of faith, is the time for its nourishing. The children should have the joy of living in far lands, in other persons, in other times, a delightful double existence. And this joy they will
0: find, for the most part, in
1: their storybooks.
0: So let's jump into our conversation. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Em Bowers. Em lives in Warwickshire, so not far from where I am. So she was able to come over to my house and we safely recorded this conversation in my schoolroom, which doubled up as a podcast studio. So that was fun. But Em is home educating her two youngest boys and she is an incredible inspiration to me and to the um, UK community. She's part of the leadership team of the Charlotte Mason Conversations UK group so she's helped with our retreats and uh, all that we do online. Uh, She's been involved with the Friday Live videos that we do on there and she has always been, particularly been interested in the work of the PNEU historically and there are certain eras that she's been researching more than others and every time we go up to Ambleside together you'll find her lost in the archives of the PNEU journals reading and reading and reading and she doesn't just read to keep it to herself, she's reading to grow, she's reading to inspire others and she's reading to sew into her children and she does that so beautifully and so well. Uh, I'm really honoured to have her on the podcast today and I know that you're going to love this conversation. Um, we, I just start off like most of our conversations by asking her how she met Charlotte Mason.
1: Okay, I first met Charlotte Mason actually through Sonia Schaefer. Oh, I love her. And I, my husband and I had already decided that we were going to home educate our youngest two boys. And we were looking around for a, a programme or a curriculum or um, a guide that would integrate n- um, natural living for very young children with, um, I guess, better late than early, academics, um, lots and lots of time outside, lots of time doing normal household things with mum and dad and and being part of a family rather than going to school when they were very little. And so that's when we had a conversation about what kind of method we wanted to use. Were we going to do the national curriculum here in the UK? Were we going to do workbooks? What style were we going to follow? And a friend of mine from my natural parenting group suggested I have a look at this cool video called The Five Flavors of Homeschooling. And so I read (laughs) that and it went through unit studies and it went through classical and traditional and, and unschooling and then it came to this Charlotte Mason and I was completely flabbergasted that being in the UK, wanting to home-educate my children, I'd never heard of no. that. And so that's when I started digging. I watched uh, some of Sonia's videos. I looked on the Simply Charlotte Mason site. That then led me to Ambleside Amazon on, Amazon Online. Yes, the rabbit trail. And the rabbit trail. Yes. <laughs> and I remember reading or attempting to read Volume 1 on my computer screen. Oh, and you sure just can't do it, can you? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I was hooked. Yes, the first few chapters, oh, I was completely. So hooked.
0: Yes, some people have told me, uh, in the states that there was this kind of homeschool test, almost like a personality test, where you filled in some things, okay, and then it kind of told you you're, you're probably like this, you know, classical, whatever, and and One of them was Charlotte Mason. It's almost that kind of figuring out what's best, and that was, I guess, back in the 90s. Um, But so you were hook, line and sinker from the moment you found her. I mean, it does sound like it lined up with what you and your husband were looking for. Yes. And so at this time, were your younger boys um, of kind of formal schooling age by then, or were they still quite
1: young so you had time to study? They were quite young. I think um, Ned was... Four at the time, a George three. Oh, so I was right in the the wool, woolly hats, and going outside yes. and puddle jumping, and it was the whole, spending hours and hours outside with them. We would take our baked potatoes in foil oh, and hot chocolate flasks, oh, and we would just go out all day. And I, in a way, I didn't want it to stop. Yeah. No. Um. And in a way, I I wanted something that was going to gently move me through into formal academics but not national curriculum that was honouring the children and honouring our relationship and she seemed to just sing to me.
0: Yes and I can relate to that, that's exactly how I felt. I describe it as I felt like I'd come home hmm. like oh I feel just at home with everything and, and so do today. Okay so how did that, how did you then transition from um, you know, spending all day outside with woolly hats and hot chocolate, which is perfect, um, to, I mean, I know you as just so learned and so incredibly wise with, you know, with the philosophy and the methods and choosing books so well. How did you get so good at that?
1: I love books, yes. I, I really do love books. Um, I felt it was very important because when the children were little, I was seeing books that were very very basic books and they didn't really have anything about them. They mm. were mostly um, illustrations um, and that's that has its has its proper place but then the textbooks and the books that were the early readers I wanted to have I wanted them to have something that was similar to my 1970s infant yes. school. Yeah and I remember with such love our early readers yeah. and the books that we had and I had kept quite a lot of those and I, I collect vintage books anyway and this was just like putting it all together for me uh, that, and that's really how that happened so um the yeah I mean I
0: yeah I love vintage books too and that 1970s school experience and I often talk about that because I remember having an h table in the classroom yes. and bringing things out from yep. you know we lived in Yorkshire we would go for walks as a, as a class we would go yes and pick things and bring them back and I remember the um the reading carpet the reading corner where we'd sit and have yep. tons of read alouds and um before have be, we began our home educating journey I was working in schools
1: in primary schools a lot and, uh, yeah, it's not like that anymore. It no, it's totally it total opposite. You're so right about the nature table. Yes. And we had short lessons. Yes. We had, and we had a, a very um, firm outline to our day, but they were short lessons. Yes. We would be moving from one. And I remember with such fondness, uh, I'm sure it was BBC Music and Movement lessons. Oh, I remember that, yes. And just being able to run about and, and be free in, yeah. and making amazing shapes of our bodies. I wanted to have that for the, for the little one, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I love that... The, the part is the drill that's this, the same kind yes. of thing yeah
0: right? yeah the moving the body yeah. and then just the importance of that holistic a whole approach to the child mind body soul is yes. that everything and Charlotte brings all that together yes. in her programs now speaking of programs um one I mean a big part of why I wanted to get her on today is because um she's been a great inspiration to me and I guess part of my a big part of my Charlotte Mason journey has been Devouring her six books, mm-hmm. really trying to over and over and really grasping that part of her world and life, her instruction to us. And on the fringes looking at the parents' review, yes, reading a little bit of um seeing some of the PNEU timetables, especially when we used to go to when we went to Ambleside, the Army. But I don't think I've ever seen them as I didn't for a long time see them as key or important to my journey that mm-hmm. like you have changed that for me mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your fault that okay. I'm busier than ever reading <laughs> um I just uh, I think probably a couple of years ago being up in, in the army and you looking at these saying to us come I look at these and they I think they may have been 1970s mm-hmm. or 1960s PNE, PNEU um I guess were they timetables were yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, they yeah so jump into that for us maybe give the listeners a little bit of background on um on the pneu itself really what well, because some people will come to charlotte mason through um many people in the states come through a curriculum they mm-hmm. will find a curriculum that says it's a charlotte mason mm-hmm. curriculum and that that will stick with that and that is their experience but it's so deep and wide isn't oh, it it is yeah. so tell us about the pneu and
1: how well, that started. Just as, a, just as a very... Because it had lots of different names. Yes, it and did. And it started, but,
0: oh, lots of letters. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but of generally, yeah. she wanted to form a union for parents, both mothers and fathers. She was very keen that fathers had a big place in their children's education. Yeah. And so she formed um, the uh, Parents' National Education Union. And this was a membership union. And it was for her supporters... It was for homeschool rooms, as she called them. It was for um, the uh, graduated teachers, governesses, and just generally anybody who was interested in supporting her cause. And they would produce a program that could be used in homeschool rooms or in in actual school rooms. Yes. Who subscribed to the program, and that had a list of books. Um, Including page numbers, yes, very detailed. With yeah. little, with little snippets of information about what what was to be read in, and in what way, and what extra extra tasks would be brought to the children, and and how to do that, and with sample timetables. Now, it was very. She made it very clear. Well, the PNU made it very clear. The timetables you didn't need to stick to them as long as the material was covered. But it was their idea of you doing um, a subject that would um, be a little taxing on the brain and then a little easier subject, then another oh, brain yes. subject and then a little easier. It's yes. so like a breathing in and breathing out. Love yes. that. And um, so that was the, the PNUs. They they had their programs and the Parents Union School, which was the schools that were using the programs, and they produced those three times a year. So they were so was they, sorry to
0: pause there. Were so there were PNEU schools and where they were there? You may not know this, but I'm just going to keep asking you questions. <laughs> we'll oh, I'll do it together. Oh, uh, but were there also schools, like not regular British schools, that integrated the PNE? Yes. yes, so yes. there was almost this differentiation. Were, and,
1: and not at the very beginning, but certainly within the first 10, 15 years, they were around the world.
0: Yes, yeah. I've read about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, amazing. Um, and still are in Australia, but yes. I believe. Yes. Um, maybe people yeah. listening can go, like,
1: yes. Yeah. And which. in fact, the PNU still exists, but a, under a different name. Yes. So it's what now called it? the Worldwide Education that's Service. That's right. Yeah, and it is basically national curriculum. It's not really P and E, it's Is it? No. Um, but so that's that's how they started. So they were a termly a termly program, and she went as as we still do, go from September to December, yeah. January to, to April, yeah. and then um, April to July.
0: Yeah,
1: and. And that was that. Mm. And you would follow the programme, whether you were in a classroom with a teacher or whether you were a a parent at home or a governess at home or a teacher teaching several private students. And then at the end of each term, you would submit the answers to the questions that they had given you on the selected books that you had to read. And then your pupils or children's examination papers were sent away they weren't necessarily graded but they were assessed to make sure that the books that they were recommending were living books yes. so that the children could get themselves digging deep into them and they could narrate and they and they could work on as they got older compositions and yes. and, and analysis from them but that we don't need to do that now we don't i don't belong to a parents' union school, or no. I don't have an examiner checking that the books are right. No, I just yeah. have me and my children listening. So I'm free to then choose my own books.
0: I mean, is there anything else you yeah. can say on um, why, why you would encourage people to read?
1: I think it's, it's freeing. Yes, I think it's freeing. I think we have a contemporary um, community now where we're all, do- but very few of us are quite a lot ahead of the other. We have you know, veteran home educators in our communities and we have a number of people that have graduated children yeah. and they've gone through schooling and they're, they're really wise voices to listen to. But these, the voices in the Parents Review and the voices in the graduate journals were voices that were doing it year after year after year, often yeah. with the same class so they or the same group of students yes. or they've what they they've watched their you know six-year-old go through to 14 or or whatever time it was they left school then but then they have seen another one come through and they have tried mm. different things and i think they're they're, they're important i I, rem- I remember reading and and laughing out loud at a lady who was a teacher and she had been appointed to a PE school for this class and in her interview the headmistress said i hope you like horses (laughs) because class boys horse mad (laughs) and so she's she thought right okay so what she did is she took their interests and managed to pull in that into the lessons and into the different subjects without it being a unit study how interesting and it's and it's so interesting to read how she did it because the children would and these are real life examples. I mean, I know Charlotte talks her big example of not using comparative studies, yes, or collaborative yes. studies yeah. is about you know we, we, when we're looking at the armada, we're not going to work out in our math lesson how how much how many bottles of water they needed for the it's completely irrelevant to yeah. the children. Yes. But what wasn't irrelevant to these children was they wanted to know. How much it would cost them to set up their own riding schools, oh, wow. and it wasn't irrelevant then because they wanted to to work out they, in their in their handcrafts. They wanted to be able to you know, make things for a stable, mm. or whatnot. so it was completely illuminating. That's fascinating, and yeah. it was one year. It wasn't as if she was going to do this to every child, find their interest, and then direct it to, to, to that year. It was this one year, and she said. And it got the horse out of them. I think our classroom was called the Pony Room. That's so. And interesting. it was it's lovely to. And this is what we say when we teach the child, not the curriculum. Yes. You know, we yes. look at the methods, and we look at our own children. Yeah. We say, "How can I honor you, right, and still give you a rich feast from, from which that you can learn to love learning, learn to love knowledge, learn yeah. to." to excited about your world yeah and I just I love that yes
0: but you have been inspired by the programs haven't yeah. you tell us a bit more about that I mean I know you there were certain eras of the programs that, that you were particularly drawn to and studied so let us uh let yeah. on that a little bit
1: yes my affinity with the 70s yes. really I was quite happy to see and I don't know if anyone that's listening has been to the Armit Museum in Ambleside there. As you walk through the beautiful Beatrix Potter art, yes, art when art you first walk in her exhibition, yes. you've got the stairs, and then there's this huge room on the right-hand side, and right on the far corner, facing the other wall, hidden almost, are rows and rows and rows of leather-bound parents' reviews, and they are—you could just dive in. And you're
0: normally there on your own. I I have to tell you, listeners. There's another room. You go up the stairs. You go to the left, and that's where the uh, kind of curators put boxes of
1: archives they out do. for us, don't they? And, and we I, get to rummage. We get to rummage
0: through photographs and letters. And yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed. Every year we've gone, they've been a little bit more protective about that. I think at first they were like, "Yeah, touch what you want." Now yeah. it's like, you know, whole things. I've always been very careful. Yeah. But on the right, you'll find M.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, on my own. <laughs> on your own, Alison says. That tell us, and she'll be uh devouring. Yeah. So, what is it about them? I think it's because, however much I love Charlotte Mason, I want her still to live in me today. Yeah, I'm not a turn of the century educator, well, last century, yes. <laughs> um, and I want to know how it's work how it works now. I think it's really interesting that there's two I've seen two schools of, of thought the first one what would Charlotte Mason do now and what would Charlotte Mason want me to do now yeah interesting and I see the progression I see t- people taking on new ideas and I see people taking on new science and I see people taking on new ideas about child development. And she was right with most of it. Yes. In fact, you know, I haven't, I don't know what she, yet. You know, I haven't come across anything that she hasn't really been quite on the mark with. But there is, there is an expansion there, yeah and there is a fitting into society. I found it completely fascinating to read in the in the Parents Review that the PNEU nurseries. Now, these were nurseries that were set up in village halls. Okay, so a bit like we would have our one o'clock club in the seventies, or you yes. would have um, the, you know, like a, a morning playgroup um, in the village hall or the the town hall or or the community centre or wherever, and these would be mums and some teachers, and they would have the young children in the nursery because their older siblings were In the PNU schools or with in private schools with governesses, and the mothers, and this is asked that well, just before and during the second world war, the mothers would be wanting to help out with the war effort.
0: Oh, wow. There
1: was nowhere for the little ones to go, yeah. so they went into the PNU nurseries, and then gradually those nurseries got tagged onto the school, school. because it was easier for them all to be in one place. Of course. And then we see. An interesting filter come down where the younger children because everyone knows the quiet growing time. Yeah, Everyone knows no formal education until six or, or six. six at least, and yes. you're all waiting
0: until this big sixth birthday.
1: But <laughs> actually, there were nurseries and yeah. there were school departments for the younger ones because times have changed. Yes, and the right. war changed Charlie's the world view
0: Changed things. a lot, didn't it? Yeah.
1: And I think that certainly when she yes. she sitting through the first world she yes. really when she wrote um volume six, it was she had definitely had those yeah. of uh, change of view on on the few things. but um so there were these nurseries, and they because they would the children were already in this amazing environment of rich living books of children being honored and the joy that goes with all of the things that they were doing. There came this idea, and this came from outside sources. And we hear this quote, don't we? That you know, in this these times of extraordinary pressure, yes. um, that, yes. that mothers must hold on to their children, and, yeah. and that's no different, isn't it? it's, no. it's not no different to who it was then. That's right. And so, the PNU nurseries started to l- teach children to read at okay. four, right? Because they felt what was happening is the parents didn't understand the quiet growing time because they'd gone through several generations now, and this was an established nursery, and they're wanting their children to read yes, at a young age. Yeah. And so the, the, the teachers, and, the, and, the, and, and it is really in schools, I suppose, um, were so concerned that they didn't want the parents teaching the child, the young children different methods of reading them then to go into the formal school at six yes. and seven and some yeah. would be able to read some wouldn't be able to read mm. and some would have been learned different methods so in order to combat that they brought in their own methods for early reading
0: right
1: which was which were very gentle and in fact if we look back to her instruction for you know, the ivory letters and, and yes, so on that yeah. um, it was very very simple mm. and very fun yeah. There wasn't, there, was, there wasn't, like, literacy hour. Goodness. So. <laughs> <laughs> at but it, do, it, it does, people can feel free in that. Yeah. I'm combining both of my boys this year. Yes. Um, because they're only 18 months apart in age, and they're academically at about the same level. And they... Enjoy being with each other so much. So we are just starting form two, right? Because I have a a child who will be who will be nine this coming this academic year, and I have a child who's just turned ten. So I I find it very
0: easy. So I still have two in form two, just one who's nine, one who's twelve. Yes. So they're just still in it. So I am managing to get them both the same.
1: I, I love how it changes. Yes, but it it changes for the the parent or the educator because suddenly what they're what they're being asked to do is different and yes. there's a lot there's a lot more to do well, you know but for the child it's just this lovely progression yes more exciting things to try we've just my 10 year old's just done his first century chart this oh week. i saw that uh, that looks and so lovely he was just so delighted yes Because we've already done just through conversations, not through formal learning, we've done a little bit about what happened in the 1600s. So he's done his century chart, the 17th century, and he already knows there's likely to be a fire in there somewhere. So he's already put a little fire symbol in. He's he's looking forward (laughs) to these things. Yes. And that's lovely for him. So a different way of recording. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I I've seen that. I mean, with all mine, taking them all the way through, that I think people often get, um, you know, quite concerned about Charlotte Mason in the later years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, admittedly, I took mine through to fourteen, and then they did do the UK GCSEs. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still our home and the atmosphere at home that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. We still those yes. things are still yeah. part of their life. Um, but. And I often will say to people, it's just progression. Mm-hmm. Like it it just progresses. Like yeah. you don't have to get too caught up with, you know, so you you grow with the child and the feast, the table gets more things put on it, and, yes. and yeah. you don't necessarily the lessons don't get too much longer, they're not still not very long lessons. Yeah. Um, but there is a, there is a responsibility and expectation that grows with their age, mm-hmm. which I think is lovely. Yes. And actually I'm noticing even now, because so I'm I'm kind of second time round with the second group of children. Mm, yes, so yes. they get me they a little bit wiser, a little bit. Um, my four two older ones were the guinea pigs of the shop, <laughs> as well. But I'm noticing with with Micah just um enjoying, like you said, just the challenge and the little bit going a bit further with things mm. and investigation and his his written narrations mm. and um and dictations, it's just everything is is Realising even this term as we started, he said, "Oh, this feels like it's changing." Mm. I said, "Yeah, it's great, isn't mm. it?" Because yeah. um, he's obviously he'll be coming out of the same as it yeah. were form as as Sienna's yeah. in, and that his work is is changing, and but it that's is wonderful the method at
1: work. Yes, it is. That's her yes. philosophy in your own children, it seeing is. it, and the idea that and the love of learning and the growing yes. of the whole child, yeah. and we have to keep growing. You have to keep growing. And and that's just, it's beautiful when you see moments like that. It is
0: amazing. And I think just um, recognising, you know, there isn't this, I haven't felt this a stark, right to we're in high school or whatever it is, that because we've had the privilege of having our children all the way through mm-hmm. do this, I know some people start later. And that yes, is a different yeah. conversation, probably not for tonight. But this, you do see... How she intended this progression of, of all the way through, and that, and the whole picture of the Mind gallery, and that collection, them curating these
1: mm.
0: images and ideas and people through history, and getting to their teen years, so rich mm. in their in their minds. Oh, it's great. Anyway, I'm going off on one there. <laughs> I can
1: I can remember so reading in the archives. It's probably it's probably in other places as well but I remember reading in the archives when we were at Ambleside they would have every year they would have this big celebration they would have a big picnic or a big celebration Um, and for one year they had a big gathering at Winchester and Charlotte Mason gave a, a speech to the children and it's just like, incredible. and she she said she it was such so, so a vivid, vivid picture in my mind. I can almost imagine her saying it to me, saying that I hope that you know that in every behind every door of this castle that you're building is a room full of amazing knowledge for you, and you can go there anytime you like. Yes. so and she it's it's almost like she described. The, or a history room and a geography room and a science room, but they're all in the same Good. castle, the same house. And that's what we find is that yes. we can put things in subjects, but really, that they science of the relations, is they do it. absolutely. And that to me is, I
0: just. And that image reminds um, me of ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Everything yeah. she talks about in there. Um...
1: And we jokingly call our homeschool bowers towers. Oh, I love that. Do you really? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that is so
0: lovely. And, I mean, that those images and that I, – I do talk a lot about the child curating this in their mind. Mm. It's just so rich, isn't mm. it? Yeah. It's so rich and so incredible. And I say a lot to, you know, people I'm talking to and to the listeners and it's worth it. It's worth it. Is, and yeah. it's worth the investment of our time to read and to, to research yeah. and to do our – our part. Yeah. And then we can stand back. Yes. And watch this happening yeah. and this at work. Um, So do you use any of the programmes? Um, how have they influenced how you shape your school I days? I
1: do use, for us, we do use the structure of a variety of about eight years from the late 1960s to the early 1970s. Okay. Because... Not only are the books great books, yes. and I'm a bit of a vintage puffin fan. <laughs> so we have love lots that. of those there. And I find the history choices for us are perfect because they're Unstead. Yes. And for UK listeners, yes. that's I love those. Yeah. That's that's where we really enjoy his history as our main history book. Yeah. Um the literature selections are th- amazing they're a a mixture between classic books and at that time contemporary fiction but then I can move ahead and see and this is what I always say to myself why did they choose that book
0: yes
1: yeah and you say that for any program why I don't have to choose the same book but if I know why they chose it then I can find something that fits my family
0: and that's exactly what she said you know we must learn to discern for ourselves what a living book is yes once you've yeah. figured out what it looks like and, yeah. and what's not. Yeah. Then you you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I think we do. I understand the the safety often in in having a list written by somebody else. Yeah. But I've taken books from other people's lists and which haven't gone well with no. my family no, or me. I, yeah. And I've some. i thought this isn't even living with mm. accordance to my mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, what I would say living yeah. bookings. Um so I think yes, yes, learn from each other, absolutely learning community. We do in the UK, yes, don't we? We're we always do. asking each other what books we're using. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, give yourself the challenge of finding yeah. what finding some art yeah. for yourself.
1: Yeah. And that's beautiful to work in that in that overarching guidance. Yes. Because she did expect mothers and teachers to look for their own things yes, if did. they were independent from the PNE. Right. Yeah, you know, or the or the programmes. Yeah. Um and so that's a it's a it's a good challenge. Yeah. And she expected, I've mentioned this before, that she expected mothers to be professional about being mothers.
0: Absolutely.
1: This wasn't just something you did. Oh, and then they, then they can go and play. Yeah. This was you're you're putting your heart and your soul into your children's education and their learning, and I'm not accountable to any anybody really apart from them when they turn around to me at the end of their education yes. and they want to know what heart. i did <laughs> so
0: that's, that's nice. so true yeah. and i think it's the time the investment and i and i think i possibly have said this phrase on maybe every podcast but i found this little phrase and i it may have been in, in school education but she says and I know she's so heavily influenced by Matthew Arnold mm-hmm. and he always ensured his teachers were well trained and went off a couple of times a year. For And she said, yeah. um, you know, and of, of course, it's without saying that mothers and teachers would stay intellectually alive. Yes. And that phrase has stuck with me yeah. as a mission for myself. Yes. What does that look like? It doesn't have to look like I'm going to go and do a PhD. No, mm-hmm. but how every day? What am I um, disciplining myself mm-hmm. to to read? You know, read something a little bit challenging or a little bit just something different from the, uh, anything really. But how am I staying intellectually alive yeah. um, in, in a
1: form and of how, yeah? And how can we model those good habits for yes, our children? Absolutely. We are placing huge expectations on our children, right? Right, to be able to pay attention listening to a living book or read their own living books that are going to illuminate that aspect of knowledge for them yeah I'm on my phone no I know this is where we have but it's good because it makes you it makes you look inside and makes you think actually I need to model what I want to see in them
0: yeah, and, and, it's true. and even with I was I think I spotted something today, somebody was talking about mother's narrating and I I often mm. I mean Dave gets most of my narrations. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll be devouring something, especially and I, I think I said to you a few weeks ago, um Dave's like, Do you have to bring Charlotte Mason to bed with you
1: every <laughs> night? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I've
0: just been reading this. Can I tell you about I have it? And for coffee
1: in the morning. Yeah. And I mean it for lunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but it is it is worthy work and it is um it's so fruitful isn't it yeah because then you when you're investing in your children you've you've full yourself of and you know just yeah loving what you're doing and i i often say people will talk about burnout you know Mm -hmm. and um i I don't say this arrogantly at all, but I haven't experienced that. I have yes, I get tired. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know when it's time to stop. Yes, you have to take breaks. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the passion and enthusiasm to, to lay out this for my children to this mm-hmm. has never grown dim. And mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm committed to staying fresh in it myself. Yeah. Because if it is just a box that somebody sent through the door and said, yeah. do this or I, somebody's handed me a teacher's manual, then I probably would have packed it in years ago, i mm. mm. Um actually. It's different,
1: isn't it? It is different. Yeah. And it's so amazing, because if you look back to the, some of the, that she used to run a post bag, and it, it was part of the parents' review. So people could write in, and they, yes. they could put their comments and their questions. And what, um, there was like an agony aunt or something. There was. <laughs>
0: and what was the name? Like um, the aunt, somebody. Not Aunt
1: May. Oh, Aunt, see, aunt May. Or well, aunt Charlotte, aunt May. yes. <laughs> you see? Because that was her nickname that she was given to by a couple of That's the children. Right. One of her good friends. Yes, Aunt May. Um, so she had uh, it was uh, she had Aunt May's budget. That is. And right. there was also, See, she also wrote nature notes and so on yes. under the guise of somebody else. Oh, there's so
0: much so. in there. I yeah. do she love the recipes. I love looking at all the, and some of the recipes, you look at them and think, you've, somebody's made that up. <laughs> like yeah. that Nate, I've tried Googling them. Looking,
1: it's like, no, that's, yeah. but it's fun to make. But the, so uh, the post bag, Paris yes. Bag. They would be, and it's great. There's lots of squabbles in the post bag, <laughs> and there's a big head at the top saying the editor takes the responsibility for the com- the comments. <laughs> That's but great. she, you find her in this back and forth. You find Charlotte Mason or whoever was the standing editor. You know, you find them uh, in the back and forth with the with the corres the correspondence, and you have exactly the same questions a hundred years ago that you do now. Like, <laughs> And it's wonderful to see that. It's, it's it's so we haven't it's so changed. relieving to see that. Give me an there's example. There's somebody writing and saying. Um, I'm desperate to start a History in 1740, and and my book is not here yet, and can you recommend another one that I can get hold of very quickly, because I can't, I don't want to wait. I want to do it now with them, and these these are great. Wow, and And we get
0: those all the time.
1: Yeah, and there's other ones, even book sales. I mean, we have our own book selling page, but they had them there. I mean, there was one person that wrote in and said, I have a big stack of past parents' review Journals. Could could you please let me know if you want any? Oh, fabulous. write to me at the you know write to me care of the of the the journal address and I'll send them, I'll to, send you. them to you. So there was wow. that community, and it was a correspondence community, yes. but it was still there, and that's what I believe our group is now.
0: And everything. I mean, now I guess you get you want a book and you put a question on a forum and you get an answer straight away, and it's yeah. just uh, fascinating. And they would have had to have waited for this next yeah. thing to come out how interesting and we really haven't changed like the mother's heart and 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 I think we often have this romantic view that everyone knew what was what they were doing in that era Mm. because Charlotte was there or she was the one who was right but actually no they were everyone still had to figure it out for themselves everyone still had to find what was right for their family yes so and I guess there were people who weren't signed up because she would have had to pay right? To, yes it was a subs- subscriber. so yeah. but there would have been people who were reading her work but not yes. necessarily signed up to the program and maybe yes. trying to... but and obviously as we know the home school rooms didn't look at all like we no, what no. we look like you know today home education um so interesting is there anything else you want to tell us about that you've discovered or you found interesting
1: I think really it's just I thought that going down the rabbit hole of reading around the subject would be a source of burnout, like you were mentioning earlier. I felt that it would be as, oh, I can't believe I've got all this more to read. There's so much. I mean, there's nobody that's ever read everything. everything. Um, And that's lovely. That's really lovely that nobody knows everything. No, And we're all in the same boat. And I, I felt like that if I had to, it's a little bit like people get sucked into the internet in a way. Is that because all that information is available at our fingertips, we feel like we need to keep searching for the knowledge. Yeah. And actually, sometimes it can be too much. Right,
0: right.
1: And so I would just pick one to read, and I would—I had printed somehow, but so I could take them to bed. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it's great because my husband should talk. I know, but. So, you can put them on your Kindle, and you yeah, you know, that's great. Right. Um, and so, just taking one and trying to imagine what it would be like to be in that time with these questions, and the supporting articles are I mean, illuminating as well. Yes, and it was a she did invite a range of different opinions, not everybody agreed with her 100%. And she allowed and encouraged that discussion
0: good yeah
1: so and that's very evident in, in especially in her comments in the postbag and in, in the editorial
0: yeah when so, did it stop do you know when the band
1: stopped i think pro- probably in the uh, very early 80s oh i wow. might be remembering but in the very late 70s early 80s right but they do do an online one now for the world education worldwide education service okay but they're they're just, they're wonderful. They're great. And if anyone ever gets a chance to go to Ambleside, whether oh, it's yes. on the Charlotte Mason retreat or whether yes, it's just, just a a family holiday, I know. go and book yourself half a But day. tell people
0: where they can, where are all the archives online? But There's they've actually all
1: team. been digitalised, yes. which, which is amazing. Maybe you
0: amazing. In enter. Canada, I'll put a link yeah, in there. Yeah, the Redeemer yes.
1: University has spent right. a huge amount of effort and time in yes. digitalizing them. Yeah. And they're all available at... Um, the Charlotte and Mason Digital Collection at worldcat.com. And how I I have looked at that.
0: A few, it's great. Yeah. How easy do you find? Have you found it is? So how easy have you found things that you've wanted to um, on there, or have you found it easy going to going to the arm? It's, it. easier to, <laughs> it's easier to go to
1: the arm. Uh, yes. And pull I can, one off the shelf. It's like guess. a lucky dip, really. Yes. So I I can say I fancy my. You know, I'm going to have a look at a, a parents' parents' review from you know, 1911. Yeah. And so I would just put in in her catalogue, Charlotte Mason Digital Collection, parents' mm-hmm. view 1911. It will come up with the parents' that's, view. Oh, that's easy, And right? I can look yeah. at it online, or I can put it on my Kindle, mm-hmm. or I can put it on a PDF. And it's it's great. It's really great that that resource is there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, you're
1: welcome. Um,
0: this is so fascinating. Was there anything else that you wanted to draw to our attention or tell us anything else while you're here in the podcast studio? That's the new name. As well. um, I just
1: think that the growth of the Charlotte Mason community worldwide is just astounding. Yes. And to see so many families engaging with her methods,
0: yeah.
1: however they do them. So, how if if you're a family that likes the original programs and the original suggestions, or if you're a family who's just inspired by Charlotte Mason and you've picked out a couple of parts of her methodology that you want to to work on your with your children? Yeah, I think the fact that she's she's still living in our homes and her ideas are still illuminating our children's lives is just beautiful.
0: It is beautiful. And I think it's really important to me that we come away from this idea that there's one way of doing yeah. it. And I remember a few years ago now someone emailing me and I, I don't know, I can't remember this where, not that I would say it on here, but I can't remember where, where they'd heard this or where it had been said to them that, you know, if you didn't follow it a particular way, you weren't, you're doing your children injustice. Mm. And they were, you know upset by that and put off by that and uh kind of were crying out for help really yeah. saying yeah. I'm about to walk away is that the case and I said like, no yeah. um and even in my younger years of still figuring it all out for myself just no they can't be I'm sure that wasn't her intention that yeah. if you only do this um, this actually, is the only way I
1: there was the the Charlotte Mason College in Cumbria has a book about Charlotte Mason and her progression. And they actually acknowledge that the PNU's, after she died, the PNU's failure to move on and accept new theories in child development, perhaps was not such a good thing for them. That it, it had a negative um, reaction to, there was a negative reaction to that. That holding something so Sacred yes that only must be done one way actually had negative repercussions for the right. people as they, as they went through. Yeah. So there's that. That's that. You know. There's that idea that we we can love what she did yeah. and be lit up by how she took children and saw them as born persons. Yeah. And saw that every child had the capacity and the ability to flourish and grow out of their situation which is really what a lot of it was about
0: that's right it wasn't
1: necessarily for the well-off aristocratic families it was for the 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 children that really at that time were thought to have no hope because they were either street children or they were in workhouses or they had no hope and that was who it was you know that was was the the the, the hope was for and that's amazing Mm. but then to think that we can take those ideas and we can move them into 2020
0: amazing
1: is that's that's lovely
0: yes and which is what hopefully we're all doing together as a worldwide community I see
1: it I see it yes blossoming yes
0: Well, wasn't that brilliant? I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Don't forget to stop by the Modern Miss Mason Instagram account this week. And if you don't follow me there, go over and follow me because I'm going to be sharing some more insights from the parents' review journals. Um, I've even got a recipe for you that we're going to try out at the Bowden House this week. So that's going to be fun. Also, if you are interested in finding out more about Charlotte Mason, we always direct you to her six volumes. But if you need a little bit of hand-holding, I do a course called the Charlotte Mason Unbox Course, which is literally what it says on the box. Just taking the lid off it and slowly taking things out and explaining what it looks like and how you can apply them in your home. All the details of that are over on the Linktree link, which is in the details of this podcast, or you can also click on the same link um, in my Instagram account. Well, thank you for stopping by here today and listening to the Modern Myth Mason podcast. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you loved it, share it with a friend pop it on your social media, WhatsApp, the link to your homeschool group. And to help even more people find us, why don't you take a moment to click those five stars on the podcast app and leave a gleaming review. You can find me on my website on modernmissmason.com or on Facebook and Instagram most days, again on Modern Miss Mason. Have a delight-filled week. I'll be back here next Monday.